0: to. you want to talk to someone but not just anyone Alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy30
1: it has been said that I have two alternatives either go to jail or go to the army. But I would like to say that there is another alternative. That alternative is justice.
2: His philosophy was pronounced and unwavering, as relentless as his poetic patter, his political guts and his punches in the ring.
1: It's over, Ali is the knockout winner.
2: As heavyweight champion of the world, Muhammad Ali said, "This is what guided him. I don't have to be who you want me to be. I'm free to be who I want."
1: I am the king of the world. Of them, I'm British. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I took up the world.
2: He lived and fought and preached, and yes, preened, according to those words, at a time of incredible American power and inescapable revolutions in race, politics, culture, and sports. The
1: place is going wild. Muhammad Ali has won. The thing they said was impossible, he's done.
2: Born Cassius Clay, he became Muhammad Ali, the greatest.
1: Everybody stop talking now. Attention. I told you, all of my critics, I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. I told you today, I'm still the greatest of all time. I want everybody from this moment on to recognize me as the scholar of boxing. If you want to know any damn thing about boxing, come to Muhammad Ali. I am the man.
2: I'm Doc Rivers, and this is It Was Said Sports. Muhammad Ali and the making of a new world. He had the courage to say, no, 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 I'm not doing this and I'm going to stand here and
3: tell you why I'm not doing it. And that turned the reaction to the war.
0: It turned it. But he gave up a ton. He gave up his title and he gave up a lot of the respect that he had had from a lot of people. But he stood up for everything he believed in. And he made sense whether you agreed with him or not. What can be said about my first guest that has not been said before? He was once described as the world's most famous man, and indeed, it's difficult to think of even a contender. Ladies and gentlemen, Muhammad Ali.
2: He was, in his time, perhaps the most famous man on earth. When Ali died in 2016, the New York Times called him the most charismatic and controversial sports figure of the 20th century, heavyweight champion,
1: Corner, not going on. And Cassius Clay has won after six rounds.
2: Master performance artists.
1: Yes, I like it, that makes me rumble. <laughs> Don't we rumble? Blow like a butterfly and sing like a bee.
2: Ah! Member of the Nation of Islam.
1: Asalaamu Alaikum to all the Muslims. Thanks to Almighty God Allah. I want all of you fans out there who believe in me Go to your local Muslim temple and learn more about the life giving power from Allah through Elijah Muhammad that
2: I've got. Political protester.
1: The one that was taking me for a ride and still taking my people for a ride is the white people. Tell me, champ, would you have been prepared to go into the army if it hadn't I've been, been for the Vietnam War? Under no conditions did we take part in wars to take lives of other humans.
2: Ali was all these things and more. He contained multitudes. And he attracted multitudes. In his life and career, we can find important inflection points in the life of the nation. At the end of his career and then beyond,
0: he may have been the most famous person in the world. No matter where
2: Muhammad Ali went, people knew him and most people loved him. This is Al Michaels, award-winning and decades-long sports broadcaster, who remembers the way culture intersected with sports, especially surrounding Muhammad Ali's career. I mean, that's an amazing thing for a boxer, for
0: anybody, to have accomplished. I'll just say this, he had this unbelievable way of connecting with people.
2: The creation of the nexus between celebrity and sports.
1: We have to whoop Joe Frazier because Joe Frazier is too ugly to be the world.
2: <laughs> the mainstreaming of unsettling debates about race and politics. And I always
1: ask my mother, I said, Mother, how come is everything white? I said, Why is Jesus white with blonde hair and blue eyes? Even the angels. I said, Mother, when we die, do we go to heaven? She said, Naturally, we go to heaven. I said, "But well, what happened to all the black angels when they took the pictures?
2: <laughs> the internationalization of commerce and culture. They came from far and wide, tens of thousands of people, honoring the
0: life of Muhammad Ali today in Louisville, Kentucky.
2: In his book, King of the World, the journalist David Remnick wrote of Ali as a gangly kid from Louisville who managed to become one of the most electric of American characters, a motor of his age and a reflection of it. As Cassius Clay, he entered the world of professional boxing at a time when expectations was that a black fighter would behave himself with absolute deference to white sensibility. That he would play the noble and grateful warrior in a world of Southern Jim Crow and Northern hypocrisy. As an athlete, he was supposed to remain aloof from the racial and political upheaval going on around him. The student sit-ins in Nashville in 1960, the Freedom Rides, the March on Washington, in the student protests in Albany, Georgia, and at Ole Miss. Clay not only responded to the upheaval, he responded in a way that outraged everyone, from white racists to the leaders of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. He changed his religion and his name. He declared himself free of every mode and expectation. Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali.
3: The personality, the daring, the fact that to us, most of white America was suspicious of Cassius Clay. And so you had all these elements and all these layers. When you consider all of it, and you have to, to me, all of it made him the greatest.
2: Here's legendary sports journalist and commentator Michael Wilbon, reflecting on Muhammad Ali's impact.
3: Growing up where I grew up, we would see Muhammad Ali. In the neighborhood and places you would never see someone of that kind of world fame today. My mother and brother and I were walking through Sears on 79th Street on the south side. And Muhammad Ali is just walking through the store like, you know, we're in there to buy a Kenmore washer and dryer. And there's Muhammad Ali. And he picked up my brother. My brother then takes both fists and starts hitting Muhammad Ali in the face while the champ is holding him. And my mother screams out, oh, no. And Ali, of course, loved it. I mean, my brother was three and my mother called him Cassius. And this is right about the time of the name change. And we walked away and he was fine with it. But well, we walked away and she said, I can't remember his new name. And I screamed out, Muhammad Ali, Mom, Muhammad Ali. He was the biggest person in our lives. We became of age with it. And it, you know what? We found out it didn't destroy our lives to have people speak up and speak out. You know, I loved all the drama he created and was willing to back up with his fists and his feet and his guile and his intellect. I loved it. I miss it. And there's no argument about the GOAT in his case. There's no debate
2: about it. There's no discussion. Ali was the son of the black middle class in Louisville. He was named for the abolitionist Cassius Clay, a white Kentuckian who had been converted to the anti-slavery cause by William Lloyd Garrison. Ali's father, Cassius Sr., was intrigued by the teachings of the black separatist, Marcus Garvey. This is Cassius Marcellus
1: Clay. He's young, he's handsome, they know it. He's a poet, a prophet, and many people believe he'll be the next heavyweight champion of the world.
2: Young Clay won a gold medal at the Rome Olympics in 1960 and then defeated Sonny Liston in 1964 to become the world heavyweight champion. Well, if
1: you want to lose your money, then bet on Sunday. I'm too fast. Champion from the, the crib. I'm the king. Born to champ. to champion the crib.
2: Ah! Here's Michael Wilbon again.
3: We listened to the fights live on the radio, and my dad literally said to my mom, turned to her and said, "Sunny Liston could kill him." I mean, that was the thought that this fight was so lopsided that Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay was somehow going to get hurt, but it was beating Sonny Liston. It was the predictions and the flair and the the drama of his personality, the likes of which we had never seen in a legit sport.
2: Initially conventional, at least in public, Clay had defended America in Cold War era comments at the Olympics. But as the tumultuous 1960s wore on, he became more outspoken, more revolutionary, more Ali.
0: And I think people... Even those who didn't like him began to appreciate the fact that he stood up for his principles, what he felt was right, and was able to articulate it to the point where people said, "Okay, you know, maybe I don't agree with it, but I understand where he's coming from and what he means. And I think he had that great ability to be able to communicate that in a way that flipped everybody on their head.
2: I had to prove you could be a new kind of black man. Ali told David Ramnick in the 1990s. I had to show that to the world. And show it he did. He converted to the black Muslim faith of Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X. Though Muhammad and Malcolm would split, thus embracing a black separatist philosophy amid the dramatic years of Martin Luther King Jr.'s movement for integration. In an interview with the Louisville Courier-Journal in early 1964, Ali said, Sure, I talked to the Muslims and I'm going back again. I'm not going to get killed trying to force myself on people who don't want me. I like my life. Integration is wrong. The white people don't want integration and I don't believe in forcing it and the Muslims don't believe in it. So what's wrong with the Muslims?
1: Well, all I say is that as we say throughout the Muslim world, some 600 million of us uh, say daily that my prayers, my sacrifices, my life and my death
2: I owe Allah. Ali would become a traditional Muslim in the after years. He did not share the more extreme elements of the black Muslim's worldview, chiefly the assertion that all white people were devils. Ali said color doesn't make a man a devil. It's the heart and soul and the mind that count. What's on the outside is only decoration. But he was an early and persistent critic of what we think of as systemic racism. Civil rights were only a beginning not the end. In Ali's mind, America needed to recognize the common humanity of all. Not long after he changed his name in the mid 60s, his philosophy came into vivid conflict with the prevailing politics of the time. The issue wasn't about the ring, it was about war. The crisis came on Thursday, February 17, 1966, when he heard that his draft board had classified him as eligible to serve in the military as a war in Vietnam escalated. Man, I ain't got no quarrel with them Viet Cong, he told reporters. And his words quickly became legendary.
1: Houston, Texas, 8 o'clock Friday morning. Enter
0: Clay with bodyguard. The statement said that Clay would have been untrue to his religion if he'd accepted the draft. It was so powerful to me,
3: somebody like me who could see Ali in front of his face when I was a kid. He was bold enough, he had the guts. We overuse the word courage now. He had the courage to say, no, 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 I'm not doing this and I'm going to stand here and tell you why I'm not doing it. And that turned the reaction to the war. It turned it.
2: Just over a year later, Ali explicitly refused to serve. He asked for classification as a conscientious objector, but was denied. Convicted of avoiding the draft, Ali paid a steep price, losing his boxing titles and serving a long exile from the ring
3: three years suspension. He was sentenced to five years in jail. And of course, that was overturned. But the three years suspension held. He was 25 years old. He was in the prime of his fighting life. But that stance against the war, that led a lot of people to say, yeah, yeah, That's how I feel. Maybe I feel that way for different reasons. Maybe I'm not of African descent and I don't have that particular element to it, but I'm against this and I'm with this guy that I might've hated last week. I might've rooted for him to lose every fight going back to the Olympics in 1960, but I'm with him now. And that turned it and his guts, his sheer guts made him the greatest. All of that goes into it for me. The public stance against Vietnam is no small part of it.
1: When a man's guilty, you just don't say you guilty. You hold court, and then you find him guilty and prove it, and the public and the jury is satisfied, and then you say he's guilty, then you condemn him. You just don't tell a man he murdered somebody without giving him a chance to explain or without uh, letting the world see why you're condemning him. So if I'm going to be condemned, uh, if the World Heavyweight Championship is going to be taken from me, then show everybody why. You know, I don't know why, so I want to know why is it that you're doing it.
0: And then when he refused to be inducted, he became as polarizing a figure as there was in the country, but he gave up a ton. He gave up his title. He gave up a lot of the respect that he had had from a lot of people, but he stood up for everything
2: he believed in and he made sense whether you agreed with him or not. It wasn't until 1970 that he fought again. And in 1971, he took on Joe Frazier at Madison Square Garden.
0: Undefeated in 31 bouts, scoring 25 knockouts, here is Muhammad Ali.
2: That same year, the U.S. Supreme Court intervened to grant his status as a CO, thus ratifying his principle if costly course. A black man, a Muslim, a conscientious objector, to a hot war in Asia. Muhammad Ali pushed just about every button a man could push in American life. Polarizing and provocative, he kept his head and used his platform to articulate a vision of America as it was, and America as it should be.
0: He had the platform because of the great athlete that he was, the heavyweight champion of the world, and so facile of tongue. He was able to put words together in such a magnificent manner. I mean, think about the words of what he said, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That's genius. So in a way, he was a bit of a philosopher. It was fascinating. You always wanted to hear what he had to say. So, you know, I look back, bottom line, he's one of a kind, you'll never see another one.
2: In the cultural clashes of the era, a time of Archie Bunker versus the age of Aquarius, of assassination and riots, of opportunity and upheaval. Ali was both a source of light and a lightning rod. He wasn't the first person to object to the war. There were marches, there were
3: hundreds of thousands of people, I mean, millions. I mean, there there were people who draft Dodgers that carried with it such a negative connotation, people who went to Canada. I mean, so much of the most popular television show of the day, All in the Family, The lead character, Archie Bunker, raged against people who were draft dodgers and cowards and people were afraid to stand up to that publicly, outwardly. And Ali wasn't.
2: He should be judged as an athlete on his achievements in the ring and judged as a man and as a citizen on his words and actions in the public square. He risked everything for his religious beliefs. He gave up money and glory to stand against the Vietnam War. The world was his ring, And he was the greatest.
1: I'm experienced now, professional. Jaws has been broke, been lost, knocked down a couple of times. Bad, been chopping trees. I done something new for this fight. I done wrestled with an alligator. <laughs> That's right, I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. Out in handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. The man's in trouble. I'm gonna show you how great I am.
2: Next time on It Was Said Sports.
3: If I can help change the sport to make it a better sport for everybody, why shouldn't everyone have the opportunity to have the same feelings I've had about this sport that I love so much? And the only way you can do it is by changing the system. Make it available to the masses.
2: Thank you for listening to It Was Said Sports, a documentary podcast from Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meacham Studios. Executive produced and created by John Meacham and Chris Corcoran. Narrated by me, Doc Rivers. Written by John Meacham. Directed by Lloyd Lockridge. Production led by Paige Heimson. Edited and mastered by Chris Basil. Guest booking and coordination by Kelly Rafferty. Additional production support by Bill Schultz, Sean Cherry, Bob Talbador, Ian Montt and Rich Cook. Creative consultation by Nikki Kovac and David Weisbord. Cover art and graphic designs by Kurt Courtney. Marketing and Publicity by Brian Sworth, Maura Corin, Josephina Francis, Lauren Schwartz, and Hilary Schuff. Our theme song is I Can Almost See You by Hammock.